Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Hey, some of you look thinner. Some of you look thinner, you look healthier, you look godlier, but you look hungry. Anybody hungry? Amen. I'm hungry too, but you know what? I'm more hungry for the presence of God and the provisions of God. Amen. Hey, good morning. If uh, this is your first time with us, I want to welcome you. I am so glad that you would join us today. My name is Nestor Flores and I'm the pastor and I just want to welcome you. I want you to feel at home. I want you to know that we're so glad that you chose to come today. And I want you to know that you're in a safe place. We're not going to force you to eat anything, drink anything, do anything. If you're not a church person, you can be at peace. Uh, uh, This is our one desire. Our one desire is that you would feel the presence of God and that you would know God a little bit more and that you would enjoy it so much that you'll want to come back next Sunday. And we hope that you do. Isn't that right, Dayspring? Well, when you walked in, you should have gotten a bulletin. If you didn't get one, you can raise your hand, and uh, one of our ushers is going to bring one to you. We are in a series called Don't Get Stuck. And uh, what we're talking about in this series is that God wants us to make progress, that there's always new mercies, new, new blessings that God wants us to enjoy, and that we are to go after them. Because when we get stuck, not only do we miss out on on making on becoming a better person, on having better relationships, on advancing in our education, in our business, or wherever it may be, but the other problem with getting stuck is that when we get stuck, life becomes mundane. Life becomes like, like you're in a carousel, just going around and around and around. If you have your bulletin, inside there's an outline. And look at what Deuteronomy 2.3 says. Look at what it says. It says, this is God speaking to the Israelites. And he says, you have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn what? North. And God says, it's enough that you've been in the same place, that you've been stuck. It's time to what? To head north. North points towards progress. North points towards better things. North points towards progression. And that's exactly what God wants. In fact, look at what 1 Thessalonians 4.1 says. And this is going to be our passage for today. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read it together. Paul, speaking to the Thessalonians. He says the following, and just in case you're here and you're saying, Pastor, it's a good message, it's a good series, but I've come a long way, Pastor. You know, if you knew who I was and who I am today, you would praise the Lord. And you know what? You're right, I do. But here's what I also know. No matter how much progress you've made, there's more progress to be made. Amen? Ladies, any of you are grateful for the change your husband has made? Any any ladies? Uh, But wouldn't you want them to make even some more change? Husbands, now here's your turn. Aren't you grateful for the way God has changed your wives? Wouldn't you want him to finish that work? Right? Don't leave it halfway, Lord. Just finish it. So so no matter where you are, there's always more. If you're saying, I've become a more mature Christian, great. There's more mysteries of God that you can discover. There's more of God you can know. And that's exactly what Paul is going to tell us in 1 Thessalonians 4.1. And here's what he says. Finally, brothers... We urge you and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as you have learned from us how you ought to walk and to please God, you should what? Excel more and more. Would you tell the neighbor next to you? More and more. 
You may be seated. Let's pray and come before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your wonderful presence. We're grateful for the rain that our state of California desperately needs, Lord. And Lord, just as the rain has watered the, the land, we pray that your word, Lord, would, let, would water our spirit. We don't want to walk out of here, Father, just having been at church. We want to walk out of here, Lord, having had an experience with the living God. So, Lord, I pray that you not only inform our minds, but transform our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen and amen. John F. Kennedy, in one occasion, said the following. He said, conformity is the jailer of freedom and the enemy of growth. He said conformity, to get comfortable, to settle, is, 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 the, is the jailer of freedom and the enemy of growth. When we get stuck, not only do we not make progress, but in reality, we're in a prison that doesn't let us truly be free and that doesn't let us grow. And that is why Paul, and, and not just Paul, but God throughout the whole Bible tells us that there is more that we're to conquer, that there's more that we're to go after, that we are not to remain in one place, but that we are to advance and not stay stuck. In the passage we read, Paul says, you ought to live in a way that pleases God, and you ought to do it more and more. And he says, not only do we exhort you, but we urge you to do so. Now, to do that, here's the first thing you got to do. And if you miss this, this whole series is going to be a waste of time for you. In order to advance, in order to get unstuck, the first thing you got to do is decide that you don't want to stay where you are. It's decide that it's been long enough that we've had this kind of a relationship. It's long enough that I've had these kind of issues. It's time to advance. It's time to move forward. In one occasion, somebody said that the first step to anywhere is to decide that you are not going to stay where you are. And the problem that we have is that COVID made us comfortable. It made us comfortable. Some people got comfortable with not working. Some people got comfortable with not going to church. Some people got comfortable with not parenting their kids. Some people got comfortable in their spiritual life. And if you're going to get unstuck, the first thing you need to decide is that I am not going to stay here where I am. And I believe that as every year comes, God gives us a new opportunity to be able to go after the new things that he's doing. Amen. And if you were here for our New Year's Eve service, I said that one of the worst things you could say is new year, new me. Because that's likely not going to happen. If you think that just because the clock switched to a new year, you suddenly switch, that's not going to happen. You can be, it could be a new year and a new you if you decide. Amen. If you say, this year, I'm going to do things differently. This, this year, things are going to be better. Now, here's what you also need to understand. Progress isn't just activity. Because you could have a lot of activity and not really be going anywhere. Did you know that? There's people that are always busy and they're not going anywhere. There's people that their calendars are full and they remain the same person. Because just because you're active doesn't mean you're making progress. Right. Have you ever sat in a rocking chair? A rocking chair is a lot of activity in the same place. And that's not the kind of activity or progress that we want, right? It's not just activity that wears us down, not just activity that keeps us busy, but we want to be able to be active in ways that are going to help us go forward. Amen. And that's why we're doing this series, to inspire you, to, to encourage you to decide that you don't have to stay in the same place. Listen, I want you to know that for some of you, your health will prosper that your finances will improve, that your spiritual life will grow, that your relationships don't have to suffer, but they can thrive, that you don't have to keep ignoring your dreams, that you can go after your dreams, that you don't have to remain the same person, but that you can become mature, that you can fight for the dreams and goals that God has given you. Amen. 
But we first need to decide, I am not going to stay where I am. And we don't just wish it. We have to take action. We, we, we got to do something. And, and what we're doing in this series is not just inspiring you and encouraging you to say, hey, there's something new that God is wanting to do. There's some new place that God wants to take you. There's some growth that God wants to cause. There's some maturity that God wants to bring into your life. But what we're also doing is looking at those hooks, at those obstacles that keep us stuck. Because if we have a desire, but we don't know what stands in the way, a lot of times we won't reach our goal. So if you want to make progress, if you want to get unstuck, we got to look at those things that hold us back, those things that entrap us. And last week, we spoke about the first one, right? And we said that the number one reason people stay stuck is because they lack vision. They can't see a better future. They can't see what God is wanting to do in their lives. And if you are going to get unstuck, the first thing you need is a vision from God. It's to help you see what your marriage could be, what your finances could be, what your ministry could be, what your relationships could be. And if you don't have vision, then you'll stay stuck. And today we're going to talk about the second hook, about the second obstacle. Are you ready for this? I think this one's going to be fun. And the second obstacle is the lack of priorities. When we lack Priorities, or for some of you, it's not lack of priorities, but it's the wrong priorities. Your priorities will either keep you stuck or help you make progress. And when we lack priorities or when we have the wrong priorities, we will not make progress. We'll remain stuck. We'll remain in the same circumstance. We'll remain in the same situation. Fill this out in your outlines. Progress requires adjusting your priorities. Progress requires that we adjust. If we have the wrong ones or if we're lacking uh, priorities, in order to make progress, we need to adjust our priorities. Now, I'm about to tell you something that I hope doesn't put you down. You ready for it? We all have a due date, right? None of us know when that due date is. But the reality is that we all have a due date. We all have a limited amount of time. When our time will come and we will have to be with, and we will get to be with the Lord. Now, I don't know if that puts you down, but it doesn't put me down. I look forward to being with the Lord. Do you realize how amazing that's going to be? Amen. No more sickness, no more pain, no more work, no more suegras, right? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome, right? So, so we all have, listen to me, we all have a limited amount of time. The psalmist said the following. He said, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain wisdom. In other words, he said, Remind me, help me to be mindful that my time on this earth is limited, that I am not eternal on this planet so that I do not forget and act foolish, but instead that I am mindful that my time is limited, my time is counted, and I use it wisely. And see, that's the challenge, that we all fill that limited time with activities. We all fill our limited time with one thing or another. And here's what I want you to know, okay? We got to mature in this area because as a society, we're really good at blaming our mess on other people, right? It's like, oh, it's the Democrats and it's the Republicans and it's Gavin Newsom and it's the pastor and it's everybody else's fault but ours, right? Now, here's what you need to know. Whatever fills your time, you decide to let it fill your time. You are in control. You decide whether you're intentional or not. Whatever fills your time, however it is you waste or use, not not waste, but use your days, it's up to you. You get to decide. And unfortunately, unfortunately, many people have given priority to things that do not make them progress or move forward. 
Some people don't move forward to the things that God wants to do because they have the wrong priorities. Because they have filled their schedule with the wrong things. And they're stuck. It's like I mentioned earlier. They're full of activities, but no progress. Why? Because they have the wrong priorities or they lack priorities. So pastor, what are priorities? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. You're really smart people. Let me define what priorities are so that we all understand uh, what priorities are as we speak about them. Priority is something to which you give the most money, time, and energy to. A priority is anything you give the most money, time, and energy to. Somebody said, you want to know what matters to you? Look at your bank account. Look at your calendar. Whatever you give the most money, time, and energy to, that's a priority for you. Now, what should be our priorities? Well, our priorities should be those things, and here's the key word, that are truly important. And the key word is truly. Our priorities the priorities that we should have that are going to make us help us advance should be things that are truly important. Why do I say truly important? Well, here's why. Because there are things that are urgent but not important. Right. Most of you have something that is urgent but not important right in your pocket. And it dings and it blips and it buzzes. It's urgent, but it's not what? Important. Right? There are things that may seem urgent. It's a sale. Whoa, but is it important? Right? Something can be urgent, but not truly important. Here's the other reason why. Something can be entertaining, but not important. I know those novelas. They're good, right, ladies? I know they're good, and you can't miss them. But are they important in the true spectrum of the big picture? Right? I know all binge watching is very entertaining, but is it truly important? And the answer is, no, it's not. There are things that are pleasant. There are things that feel good, but they're not important. And, and see, here's the thing. Many people, it is this last category that defines their priorities. They're after pleasure. They're after what feels good, what makes them look good. And something can feel good and help you look good, but not be truly important. Amen. So, Pastor, what are those truly important things that should fill our limited time? Right. And here's the thing. I, I, I was really contemplating and fighting myself not to say this because um, it's like I think you would expect me to say this. But 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 here's the thing. Most of us, if we knew we had a week or a month to live, we would live differently than we are living right now, wouldn't we? Amen. Now, isn't that sad? Yes. Why, why would we live differently? Shouldn't we live the same whether we knew we were going to live a week, a month, a year, or a, another decade? So that, mean, that tells us that there is something wrong in our priorities. That either we lack them, or they're misaligned, or we have the wrong ones. So what should be our priorities? Well, I'm going to give you six of them. I'm going to give you six priorities that truly matter. Six priorities that will help you make progress, that will help you improve. Six priorities that are not only godly, not only are they biblical, but they please God. They please God. I don't know if you knew this, but, but, but we need to please God. God's not there to please us. We're here to please him. Amen. We were created by God and for God. Amen. So here they are. And today in your outline, it looks a little bit differently. There's a circle. You're going to fill them in in each one. And uh, I'm going to give them. I'm going to give them to you. Are you ready? Would you tell the neighbor next to you? Are you ready? Wake up. <clears throat> your first priority or one of your priorities must be, needs to be, your vision. Your first priority, or a priority 
that will help you progress, a biblical priority is to have a vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. We already saw this last week. We said that vision and progress are inseparable. That if you cannot see the future, you will not advance towards the future. If you are not here because you slept in or, or you made a different priority other than coming to church, we got good news for you. The sermon is on a podcast, is on YouTube, it's on Facebook. You can go back and listen to that. Amen? Amen. So one of your priorities is your vision. Here's another priority, your mind. Your mind. Not just having a vision, but your mind. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Look at what 1 Corinthians 14.22 says. Brothers and sisters, do not be children in your thinking. Yet in evil, be what? Infants. But in your thinking, be what? Mature. Now, here's the thing. To mature implies development. You cannot mature if you do not develop and we need to develop our mind we need to develop our intellect knowledge knowledge and wisdom are keys to success knowing what to do and how to do it are the difference between success and failure and a lot of times we fail not because we don't have the desires but because we don't have the knowledge because we lack the wisdom. Listen, we need to prioritize. We need to make a priority to develop our mind. How do we do that, Pastor? How do we develop our mind? Read. Nobody said amen. amen. Read. Read a book. Read a magazine. I would say read a newspaper, but I don't know that they make those anymore, right? How, how do you develop your mind? You read, you attend a class, you attend a course, you learn new things, you, you, you watch and you participate of things that stimulate your intellect, that develop your mind. Instead of playing so much Candy Crush, go visit a museum. Instead, instead of just binge watching, go check out your local library. Instead of buying another pair of shoes or another purse or another blouse, buy a book. Invest in your mind. Invest in your intellect. That is important because remember, knowledge and, and knowledge and wisdom are the keys to success. And what you don't know, people say that ignorance is bliss. Oh, what you don't know doesn't hurt you. Well, what you don't know will cost you a lot. What you don't know may come at a great, at a great price. What you don't know, if you don't know how to raise your kids, it could cost you your kids. If you don't know how to treat somebody else, it could cost you relationships. If you don't know how to um, invest money, it could cost you wealth. See, we need to develop our mind. Pick up a book. Did you know it's not a sin to, not, to read a book that's not the Bible? Some of you thought it was a sin. That's why you never read a book. I'm here to tell you it's not a sin. Pick up the Bible and pick up another book. You know... I shared with you last week that one of the things that we're doing as a family is that not only are we doing the Daniel fast, but we're fasting TV and social media. So if you've sent me any jokes or things on social media, I'm not ignoring you. Well, I am ignoring you, but it's because I'm not on social media. But we're not watching any TV. So it gets really boring at the Florida's house. But you know what's happened? Maisalee's always walking around with the book. I've gotten to listen to so many audiobooks. I, I, I've caught up on things that I was putting on the side. You know what we're going to do tomorrow? We're going to go to a museum. We're going to get out there and learn to develop, to stimulate our intellect, our mind. So that needs to be one of your priorities. Here's the third priority. Another of your priorities should be your work and finances. And these go together. I'll explain. Your work and finances. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says, if a man does not work, he should not what? Eat. Can I read that again? If a man does not work, he should not eat. How many of you guys like to eat? Come on, don't be shy. It's not a sin. I like to eat. Pastor Manolo took me to a wonderful restaurant on Thursday. Man, he, he came in right at the right moment. You, 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 you got to ask him to take you to that place. And the best thing is that he paid for my, for my meal. 
He paid for my meal. So if you like to eat, then you need to work. If you like to eat, if you enjoy food, you need to make working a priority. Because working is a biblical priority. Look at what 1 Timothy 5.8 says. You ready for this? Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than what? An unbeliever. That's a strong verse, right? So, listen, these two passages tell us that working needs to be a priority. God created us to work. Young men, Adam had a job before he had a wife. Ladies, Adam had a job before he had a wife. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. Okay, you shouldn't have to move in with your boyfriend's mom, okay? There's a saying in Spanish, el casado... For those of you that don't speak Spanish, those who get married need to have their own household. Amen? But listen, the Bible not only tells us that working is a priority. There's another principle that the Bible talks about. And that is, it's not just enough to make money. We need to manage money well. We need to be good stewards of money. Okay? It's not just important to make money. God not only cares how you make your money, he also cares how you use and manage your money. So I got two questions for you. How, do you, how well do you manage your money? Do you live on a budget? What's a budget, pastor? Is that a bucket or something? If you are not a good steward, a good manager of your money, if you got more days than you have paychecks, okay, You need a budget. You need to become a better steward. And you're blessed today because I'm going to give you a simple yet powerful rule to help you become a better steward of your money. How many of you guys are interested in that? Here it is. Here's the rule. The rule is known as the 10-10-80 rule. 10-10-80 rule. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, it means you give 10%. You save 10% and then you live on 80% of your salary. Okay? The rule says, and this is the most basic rule, is that you give 10%, you save 10%, and then you live on 80%. Which, by the way, little parentheses, if you're married, you ought to have joint accounts. There's no my money and her money. Okay? One of the most common things I see in couples that end up divorced is that they never had joint accounts. Amen? And if you as a man are afraid, well, she's going to waste all my money, get a budget. Get a budget. Anyways, I'm not going to get into marriage right now. But, 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 but this is the 80 rule, right? The ladies are like, yeah, tell them to give us money. Okay. Um, this is a, a basic principle. Listen, 10... 10, 80, you give 10, you save 10, and you live on the rest, okay? Now, when you do this, when you, when you at the very basic, when you do this, two things are going to happen, okay? They're not in your outline, but you might want to write them down somewhere. The first thing is that when you give 10%, you activate God's plan of blessing over your life. You activate God's protection, financial protection over your life, Giving 10% is the beginning of financial prosperity, okay? And I'm not a prosperity preacher, okay? You, 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 I don't need to uh, defend that because you ought to know that. But giving 10% is a biblical principle. You know what a principle means? It means that it doesn't change with time. Oh, 10% was in the Old Testament. 10% is for third world countries. No, a biblical principle, a principle means that it always works no matter the time, no matter the people, and no matter the gender. Okay? Let me prove that to you. Look at what Luke 6.38 says. It's right there in your outline. It says, give, and it will be what? Given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured where? Into your lap. Look at this last part. For with the measure you use, it will be what? Measure to you. 
I want to illustrate something, and I wanted to find a manlier apron, but um, I forgot my Dodger one at home, so I had to ask uh, one of the ladies to lend me one. The idea behind this verse is that when you give, when you give, more than what you give is going to be given to you. And here's what it's going to be given to you. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I've seen this in Mexico, and, and I know they would do this in the biblical times. Whenever they would go out and collect grain and collect the weed and collect all the stuff, they would have not an apron that looked like this, but a type of apron. And they would put it on, and they would use it like this to be able to carry as much as possible. Because you could carry more like this. Some of you have done this when they break piñatas. I've seen some of you parents. <laughs> That's why you wear those baggy shirts, so that you could take all the candy from the kids. They would use an apron like this so that they could carry more. But listen to the idea that Jesus is talking about here. Listen to the idea. He says, when you give, more is going to be poured into your lap. So this is the idea. But not just more is going to be poured. Here's what Jesus says is going to do. It's going to be shaken. It's going to be stirred to make sure that even more can fit on there. Do you understand that? That is a mindset that leads to God's blessing and God's prosperity. When you say, I can be generous because I know God is going, he's not going to fail me. Can I tell you something as a testimony? My parents did a great job in raising us with good spiritual disciplines. One of the things that they did is that they never made going to church optional. Never. We never had to wonder if we were going to church on Sunday, whether it was raining, snowing, riots, or whatever it was. We never had to wonder. It was like Sunday was church day, and that was it. But another of the spiritual priorities that they raised us with is in tithing. Ever since we had our first job, they taught us to give. They taught us to give. And you want me to tell you something? We have never had issues finding work. None of my siblings, because we all tithe. And I know that because I asked all of my siblings, not as a pastor, but as their brother. Even my youngest sister, they all tithe. And you want to know, we've never had an issue with finding work. Even when a job has closed, God has opened a door for another one. Because when you're faithful to him, he's faithful in providing for you. Now, sadly, not here, not here, not here. In other churches, okay? Not here. But sadly, many Christians do not have a mindset of, I want to be generous to God. Their mindset is, what's the least? What's the smallest amount that I can give to God? I, now, now, it doesn't happen here. It happens everywhere. They, they, they tip more than they give to God. They, they spend more on Starbucks than they give to God. And listen, that mindset and that lifestyle does not lead to God's blessings. Because God says, when you give, more will be given to you. Because let me tell you, God doesn't want something from you. God wants something for you. And the reason he, he orders us to give is so that in giving, we don't just talk, but we do. In giving, we don't make material things the king of our heart, but we make him the Lord of our heart. And when we give, we, not, we obey. And that allows God to be able to bless us. So listen, I want to challenge you. I, want to, I don't want to challenge you. I want to invite you. And as your pastor, I want to remind you of the biblical principle. If you are not tithing, stop your excuses. Stop it. And if you're afraid that, well, you know, I make so much money. If I give it to Nestor, he's going to drive a better car. Well, let me tell you two things. Number one, I don't get to see who gives. Our system in church is one where we have people that count the money. It gets, it gets given to our secretary. She counts it again, and then she deposits it. I don't, I don't get a report of Manolo gave so much and so, and Tony gave us so much and so. No, no, okay? So, so I don't get to see, and I don't have the power to determine my own salary, okay? So if you think that just because you're going to give more, I'm going to give more, you're wrong. Second, 
if you think that by giving more, I'm going to give more, well then give it somewhere else. If you really think that you can't trust this place, give it somewhere else. And if you can't give it somewhere else, well then the problem is not other people, but maybe you. Maybe your heart. So I want to challenge you. If you are not giving, you are robbing yourself of God's blessings. Now you may say, Pastor, I've been tithing. I haven't been tithing and I'm doing good. You may, but you're not doing as good as you could do if you had God's blessing. Because you will never go as far as you can with God's blessing. So I want to challenge you. Be a good steward by giving 10%. So here's the second thing that this rule tells us. So the first one is that when we give 10%, we, 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 we release God's blessing in our life. But the second rule states that when you save 10% or more, you're going to progress financially. You're going to progress. You're going to advance financially. Look at what Proverbs 13.11 says. It says, dishonest, dishonest money dwindles away. But whoever gathers or saves money, little by little, what? Makes it grow. Listen, when you put away little by little and you don't touch it, after a while, it becomes a large amount. Did you know that? Some of you have never seen that principle because you've never tried it. But the Bible says that when we put little by little, we can make it grow. See, most people don't save because they say, oh, I don't have $1,000 to put away. What's the point of putting $100 away? Well, if you put $100 away 100 times, that's a very large amount. Did you know that most people in America do not have an emergency fund? Most people in America do not even have $1,000 saved in their bank account. So if they have an emergency, and I'm not talking about a sale, I'm talking about a true emergency where your, your dishwasher or your, or your dryer or your refrigerator or your car breaks down, you don't have a budget to be able to say, hey, it sucks that that happened, but I'm not going to worry about it because there's an emergency fund. Did you know if I remember correctly, that 90% of people in America will retire without a retirement plan? 90%. And if you're Hispanic and you're young, one of the best things you could do is not only get a retirement for you, but encourage your parents to get a retirement because if not, you're their retirement plan. 90% of people retire without any financial plan for the rest of their life. Did you know the number of people who invest money? It's less than 1%. Most people spend money, not invest it. And there's two things you could do with money. Did you know that? You can spend it or you can invest it. If you invest it, you get more. If you spend it, that's it. So this rule tells us two principles. One, when we give 10%, we release God's blessing. And number two, when we save little by little, we can make progress financially. So, so I hope that helps you. If you want more help with doing a budget, we can help you do that. Amen. Here's the third priority in your life. The third priority, the third thing that truly matters is your relationships. It's your relationships. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are what already doing. Did you know that your relationships determine a lot of your success? Because your relationships influence your character and your happiness. We're not going to talk a lot about relationships because next week, that's what we're going to cover. Next week, we're going to talk about the right type of people you need to have around you. Some of you are stuck because you got the wrong people. And if you could just get around the right people, you will become a better person and you will make progress. Amen? Well, we see you here next week. Okay, just a few of you. Here's the next priority. This one's going to hurt, okay? Another priority, the next thing that truly matters, it's your physical health. It's your physical health. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Look at what it says. 
Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourselves. For look at this. For God bought you with a what? High price. So honor, so you must what? Honor God with your body. And then look at what, what uh, John, uh, uh, the third letter of John 1, 2 says. It says, dear friends, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in what? In body as you are strong spirit. You got to know this. God cares about your physical health. God cares about what you eat. God cares about how you treat your physical body. Most Christians do not take care of the temple of God. I joke around in our life group and um, I tell them, I go, you know, Christians can be funny because if you saw me walking out of the market with a 12 pack of beers, you would have a few concerns, right? You would have a few concerns. Some of you would be concerned where I'm going so that you can follow me, but others of you would have other concerns. But here's the thing. If you saw me walking out of that same market with three bags of Oreos and five bags of candy and a 24-pack of soda and a big jug of ice cream, hardly anyone would have any concerns. Why? We are to take care of this body. And alcohol is not the only bad thing for it. Sugar is also bad for it. Not going out for a walk is not good for it. Staying up to 3 in the morning and waking up at 7 in the morning is bad for it. And see, some of you, you're gifted. You have every motivation. You have all the capabilities. But what's stopping you is your physical body. You can't concentrate. You can't give it your best. You're falling asleep because you're not taking care of your body. See, this fast is not only good to draw us to God, but also to give us a few lessons in learning how to eat better. Amen. We need to take care of our bodies. Do you know why I run like a lunatic? You know why I try to work out? Well, one, I do want to look good, but two, I want to be alive as long as possible and be alive well. I tell Angel Delgado, I go, dude, when I'm your age, I want to have your energy and I want to have your move. And I, but, but that's not going to happen if I'm binge watching and eating Oreo cookies and two jugs of ice cream. We have to take care of our bodies. Now, I don't want you to feel bad. I'm encouraging you. I think one of the biggest battles we face is our, is our weight, Right? It's like, it's so easy to gain 10 pounds and so hard to lose two of them, right? Pastor Manolo told me this week, he goes, I've been fasting and I've only lost two pounds. And I go, and I bet you if we went to Cars Jr. and you ate it, you would gain them back right away, right? So another priority of ours needs to be our physical health. Now, before I go to the last one, before I go to the last one, you may be wondering, well, pastor, those are great priorities, but what's the order? Because the order I gave them to you is not the order they should be. What's the order? Does job come before health? Or does relationships come before work? And obviously everybody aligns them in different ways, right? There's some people that their top priority is work. Their top priority is, is themselves. So how do we know how to number those? Most people choose to take a balance approach. And they say, well, there needs to be balance in all those areas. If you try to do it that way, great. I don't think that way works. Because balance is really hard. Life throws so many curveballs that it's hard to balance things. I take a different approach. I take the approach of health. And I ask, are those areas healthy? Because one area to be healthy may not require the same time, effort, or attention as another area. My relationship with my mother does not require the same amount of time and energy and dedication as, as a healthy relationship with my kids. 
So one of the things that I do is I always ask, is my work life healthy? Is my financial life healthy? Or is my health healthy? Is my physical body healthy? Are my relationships healthy? So that's what I do so that it's not a matter of like, oh, work comes before physical and, and, and finances comes before relationships. No, it's do you have health in all those areas? Because it requires different amount and energy. Now, let me give you the last one. And this, it, this needs to be the greatest priority. This is the greatest priority. This does need to be number one. This, and the reason we put it at the center of the circle is because that's where it belongs. And the, and the greatest priority of all priorities for a believer is the kingdom of God. Is the kingdom of God. Look at what Matthew 6.33 says. Seek the kingdom of God. What? What? Above what? Does that include your work? Does that include your kids? Does that include your finances? Does that include entertainment? Yes, it does. I know some of you are looking at me very angry right now. But yes, it does. It says above all else and live righteously. And here, here's the blessing. Here's what many people are missing. And he will give you everything you need. If you want to really make progress in life and experience God's best, God needs to be at the center of your life. Everything else, work, family, finances, physical, everything else needs to revolve around the kingdom of God. Whatever is at the center of your life determines the quality of your life, determines the type of life you have. And when God is not at the center, let me tell you, your life is going to be out of alignment. Your life is going to be frustrated. Your life is going to experience more defeats than you should because there's only one thing. Can you go back to that circle, Angel? Because only when God is at the center of your life can life happen the way God meant it to be. Now, many people have put many things in the, in the center of their life. Their kids, their career, their comfort, their sickness, whatever it is, uh, entertainment, going out, whatever it is. And let me tell you, there's only one that deserves the center of your life. And that is God. That is God. Because see, only when God is at the center will you flourish in all the areas. Because the center drives the wheel. You, you, you've seen a bicycle, right? You've seen a bicycle. I know everybody drives cars now, but, but you've seen a bicycle. It is the hub in the wheel that makes the whole bicycle work. If the hub, that little center thing, right, that you pedal into, if that doesn't work, there's no progress. Surely you've been out on a bike when the chain falls off the hub. And what happens? You got to stop. You got to fix it because without fixing it, you can pedal and pedal and pedal and pedal. And what do you do? You fall and you don't make any progress. It's that hub, right? And only when God is at the center of your hub will you progress and, and, and be uh, blessed in all the areas. Now, here's the thing. When God is at the center of your life, he provides three really essential things, okay? You might want to write these down. Number one, he brings, he brings a solid life to you. There's nothing that is as unmovable as God is. And if God is not at the center of your life, you are one problem away. You are one emergency away. You are one tragedy away from falling apart. But only God, only God like Job, right? Where he lost everything, but he didn't lose God and he eventually gained it all back. So when God is at the center of your life, things can go south but you'll stay on your feet because when God is at the center, he gives you a solid life. The second thing, and I kind of mentioned this already, but the second thing is that when God is at the center of your life, he influences the other areas of your life. God at the center of your life 
it's, it's, we'll help you have better relationships. We'll bless your finances. We'll help you excel at your job. We'll heal you when you are sick. It is only when God is at the center of your mind that you can have peace in your mind, that you can learn, that you can gain wisdom, because wisdom only comes from God. So God at the center brings a solid life. It influences. But here's another one. God at the center of our life gives us the true power we need. See, if you got your kids at the center of your life, you got kid power. If you got your job at the center of your life, you got the power of your job. But if you have God at the center of your job, you have supernatural power. Amen. And that's the difference. Now, church, and I end with this. I think we've missed this. We've really, really missed this. Because we are really good, and Jesus spoke about this. He says, they, 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 they worship me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And we got a lot of people that say, oh, God is the most important thing. But yet God can't interrupt your days. But yet God can't ask you to change your life around a little bit so that you can eat differently. And we're really good at giving God a lot of, a lot of vocal worship without actual worship. Let me tell you, when God is at the center of your life, he has the right to interrupt your plans. Say, well, I was planning on going away, but I could still go away and fast. Amen. When God is at the center of your life, he's got the right to ask you. It's not easy for you to fast. It's not comfortable for you to fast, but you're going to do it because after all, I am not at the center of, of my life. It is God and he's Lord. Listen, we've given God a lot of good intentions. And I know people who say, you know, I talk to God. God is important in my life but their lifestyle doesn't show it. Their lifestyle, their choices, their decisions doesn't show it. And I think that's the reason we've been struggling. That's the reason we have too many divorces. That's the reason our kids are going wayward. That's the reason we're always in need. That's the reason we, we, we have so much depression and all these other things because God is missing at the center of our lives. And it's time we stop giving God good intentions and we start truly giving them our heart. Amen. Deuteronomy says, which was our memory verse of last week, it says, hear o, hear, o Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And look at what it says. You ought to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That means you're doing, you're acting, you're living. You want to make progress? Here's six priorities. And you can choose how you align all the other ones except for the middle one. Because when the middle one is where it needs to be, it doesn't matter how you align the other ones. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations, if you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.